I'm starting what I believe is going to be a new series today called Meet With Me. Meet With Me. And I believe what's stirred in my heart is that it's the heart of God who's reaching out to each one of us and saying, meet with me. Come meet with me. Lauren L. Harris used to have a song that he sang that said, I miss my time with you. And it was God singing to him, I miss my time with you. Those moments together. And uh, that, was a, that was a good song. If I knew more words, I'd sing it to you right now. Aren't you fortunate? But also, not only is he reaching out, not only is he reaching out to us, but we're reaching up to him. And we're saying, I'm saying, meet with me. Meet with me. It's part of that seek and you will find. I'm seeking after the Father. I'm seeking after Holy Spirit and after Jesus. Okay? So I have a graphic. There it is. This week, I'm going to talk about the glory of God. You want to meet with him, you need to meet his glory. Because he is a glorious, glorious father, right? This series is going to be about knowing God and having a relationship with him. And that image here is, you know, man reaching up and God hand reaching down. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking for your words tonight. I have words to look at that I believe you have inspired. But I'm open for edit with however you would like. In Jesus' name. As we ponder God asking us to meet with him and our own quest for asking him to meet with us, I want to start off talking about the glory of God, which is the manifest presence of God. The word glory in Hebrew is kabod. Probably not pronouncing that properly, but that's my interpretation, which means that which is substantial or heavy, weightiness. The glory of God is the substance of who God is, his greatness, his majesty, his splendor, his excellency, his power, his anointing, his fame, and his authority, and his riches. And I wrote all those down because I, I wanted to be sure I said each one of them for you tonight. Meet with me. I want to meet with your glory. You know, Moses, you know, that was a man who wanted to know God's glory. Remember him? Lots of things about Moses, but you remember this, Exodus 33, 13. Then Moses said, I pray you, show me your glory. God was meeting with him. He wasn't meeting with the Israelites. He wasn't meeting with anybody else. He was meeting with Moses. He had come down to Moses and was talking to him. And Moses' response was, show me your glory. Of course, you know that you know, God told him that no man can see his glory and live. Remember that? Our sinful flesh can't handle the glory of his full holiness. When we're in heaven, we're going to be fine. So... We experience moments in his manifested presence. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Paul prayed for the church, and here's what he said in Ephesians 1.13. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Looks like to me, the glory is a part of our inheritance of the saints. And that's not someday. That's not someday. It's not like, did I go off? I think I did. There, I'm back. Okay. It's not like someday. 
you know, like, you got to wait until I pass away, then my children can have their inheritance from me. No, 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 no. This is our inheritance now because Jesus already died and came back to life. Meet with me, the glory of God. The anointing is an expression of God's glory. The anointing. Luke 5, 17 says, The power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. That was anointing. That was part of the glory of the Lord. Luke 6, 19 says, And all the people were trying to touch him, for power was coming from him and healing them all. They were clamoring to get to him. Why? Because of the anointing. And what was the anointing? It was the glory of God that was on him. Luke 8, 46, But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out of me. Remember that when the woman with the issue of blood touched his garment? And he turned. Who did that? And she fessed up. She finally fessed up. You know what the most beautiful part about that story is to me? It's not that Jairus, the uh, Jewish official, who was waiting on Jesus to come because his daughter was dying and actually got word, don't worry about it, she's dead. Not, you know, come on, don't be bothered by this. That was, that was beautiful how that one ended up right? 12-year-old girl, dead. Jesus raised from the dead. But here we got a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, and she touches his garment, and power, glory, anointing came into her body and healed her. Healed her. The beautiful part of that story to me is that Jesus looked at her and said, daughter, daughter. She wasn't called daughter by anyone at that time. She was outcast. You're not even supposed to be here. How did you get in here? Daughter, your faith has brought healing, anointing to you. That's the beautiful part of that story. Meet with me, the glory of God. Here's the characteristics of the anointing. It's tangible. It flows, and it can be transferred. That's why we lay hands on each other. That's why when we, later on, we're going to lay hands on Hannah Peters. And I'll tell you why in a bit. And we're going to believe for whatever anointing that's on our life to transfer to her. And she already is anointed. Okay? Meet with me. Meet with me. But God wants us to seek him and not just his manifestations. See, we get off. We get off on that a little bit. When the glory of God has been manifested, people sometimes can't stand. <laughs> they fall over. You ever seen that? Has it ever happened to you? Don't be surprised if it happens here. Sometimes they laugh or they cry or they dance. Sometimes they shake. I've seen all of this. There was a period of time where it seemed more prevalent, okay? But I think sometimes, I think the church has grown just a little bit too logical and smart for its own good. And, you know, I was a tough nut to crack for the Lord because it's like, you're going to have to do it, Lord. I'm not going down for nobody. I don't care who puts their hand on me. They try to push me down. I'm not going down. And consequently, it, it took a while for me. And when I least expected it, uh, there was no, I, could, I couldn't do anything about it. I was, I was out like, you know, Mike Tyson. Human nature loves the spectacular. That's why Robert can go into, into places in the world that he goes to and he can just barely say a word and just, just demonstrations of wildness begin to happen because they're open to the supernatural. If we can't explain it, if we can't see it, touch it, taste it, hey, we're in Missouri. We're the show me state. Well, Robert talked to us last week about Gnosis and many gnosis. We need a touch and a demonstration of the power of God in our lives so we can be that lightning rod for somebody else. Human nature loves the spectacular. The people, 
people who have sought after the manifestations of the Spirit have often got off into error. They're chasing the gifts rather than the giver of the gifts. So wait a minute, you're telling me you want, you want that stuff? You might see that stuff, we could see that stuff, but don't chase after that stuff? I am. I am telling you that. But I'm telling you, part of what we say here is be light, give hope, demonstrate God's power, and celebrate his presence. Okay? I see us being light. I see us giving hope. I see us celebrating his presence. We need a little more demonstration of his power. And, and, and I'm not saying just in these walls. I'm saying in our life. We'll talk about that more in a minute and probably for a couple of weeks. God wants his people to have a home church that keeps us on the right path. He wants that here. We're at a new beginnings here at Lyft. And we are seeking him like never before. And we're hearing direction about things that we're supposed to do and who we are. You know, we thought we were this, but man, we're hearing, not, we're not radically changing anything. We're just getting on course. God is correcting a course for us, okay? So let me talk for a minute about the purpose of the local church. Purpose of the local church. It's a place where people get a steady and complete teaching of his word, or it should be. A place where people can worship the Lord from their heart. A place where people can be restored and overcome temptation. You, you understand that coming to church doesn't mean you won't be tempted or you won't fall or you won't sin. The church needs to be a place where you can be restored when you need that, which is pretty much so every week if you think about it. A place where people can grow and serve others. You know, I don't need a church. I got Jesus. You've heard that. You've been that. You've said that before. And the world has said, who needs that? Everyone does. Because we need relationship. We need to be in relationship with people. Uh, you take the addiction community, which we're very familiar with. We've worked with it. We've been touched by it in our own family, uh, with multiple people in our church. And it's a proven fact. When someone comes out of rehab, if they don't have a support system, if they don't have relationships around, it's, it's going to be very difficult to keep them from falling back in to that trap that the enemy has planted in their brains. I mean, it truly is something they can't help, and they need people around them. They need relationship, right? A place where sin and wrong motives are corrected. Corrected. Not beat over the head, not shamed, but correction. And that's not just coming from me. That's from one another. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. Well, quit being led and let people just do whatever and you don't say anything about it. You be kind and you help bring correction. And a place where people are loved and accepted. Who doesn't want to be loved and accepted, right? Meet with me. Come to his glory. Come to the glory of God. A healthy church will pursue, of course, and yield to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And we are going to do that here. We are doing that here without, uh, without neglecting the other areas of ministry that need to happen too. We understand that. That can cause a group, right, like this, to remain grounded and move forward. But we are pursuing supernatural things of God. Because if we could get it done in the natural, we would have already done that. And we haven't. Our nation will not, will not be fixed naturally. 
It's a supernatural move of God. And you know how he has a supernatural move of God? Through supernatural people that he calls his children. God wants to reveal himself to us in his glory so that we can reveal him to others in his glory. We were created. We were created to know the glory of God. Look at this, Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, when I have formed, even whom I have made. Who? Everybody who is called by my name and whom I have created for what? My glory. God wants us to experience his glory both personally and collectively. Collectively. When the glory of God is manifested in a group setting, that's known as the corporate anointing. There's an anointing when two or more are gathered in my name. Jesus said, I am there. Okay? Now, is he with you all the time? Absolutely. He's with me because he lives in my heart. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. But when I get with another believer, there is a corporate anointing that comes. And things get ramped up. It's exponential in what God can do. Now, I will tell you this. Some people come in, and we, we have a time of worship, and, and, and they, don't, they don't stand. They don't worship. They don't sing. I'm not getting on anybody. Some people, that's just not how they, that's not their personality. But I can tell you this, that the glory of God can be flowing in this man right here, and over here, someone's saying, I, I'm not... I'm not feeling anything. You know why? Because he came in ready for the glory to come. It's, it's on you and it's on me to step in to what God is doing. Amen? God said this, make me a tabernacle or a dwelling place, a place for God to meet with the people, the meeting place. That was in the Old Testament, of course, you know. But the comparison can be made today to church. This is a place that we've dedicated to him, that we've dedicated to his calling, his coming, his presence. This is where we come together to meet with God. Could it be in a home? Absolutely. Could the day come when we are unable to meet at this building? Absolutely. Then we'll meet house to house. But we have to meet together. You are supposed to do this by yourself. One can put a thousand to flight, the Bible says. Two can put how many? 10,000. Not 2,000? No, 10,000. So what can a hundred put? A lot. A lot. I'm telling you, there's power in it. Today, people come to the church. They come to church for many different reasons. Not our church, probably, but some people go to church for these reasons. Some become, become because they, they feel they should. I should go to church. I should. Obligation, right? Some come because they enjoy the music. Some don't come because they don't enjoy the music. Just saying. It's true. We have our preferences, all right? We, we, you know, they didn't play that like it was on the CD. Okay. That's all right. Some come because they want the teaching. And it's good to have teaching. It's good to have teaching and encouragement. But I, I was talking with Kelly tonight. Actually, we were coming back from a, a, a funeral today. And, and we were talking and just reflecting over the years of uh, people that have come and people that have gone. People that have come people that have gone. And it was no major anything that caused someone to leave. They just left. They said, it's not, you know, it's not for me anymore. Sometimes, in, in the, you know, didn't tell us. Didn't tell us why or whatever. But it, it was apparent to me when we, were just, when we were talking is that it saddens me if anyone comes for me. If they come for me and they stay for me. All that, Pastor Randy. He's funny. His looks are funny. Or, or whatever. Because someday, I'm not going to be funny to them. And if you're coming for me, 
I can't keep you anywhere. But if you're coming for Jesus, you know what? You can meet him anywhere. Get another believer with you. Go down, go downtown. Go to the bus stop, and you can have church right there. The add-on bonus. Some come because of their kids. I need to have some church for my kids. My kids need to have a... And you know what? And I'm, and I'm grateful for that because kids need the Lord too. And some kids lead their parents back to the Lord. And so we lay hands on them. We believe for it. We're praying, for, praying through it. But the funniest thing is, I have prayed for kids and got, because I used to be a children's pastor for years, I'd pray for kids and get them filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. They weren't faking it. It was the real deal. And then their parents come and pick them up, and they're telling their parents in the car on the way home, hey, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I got my prayer language. Kids can't do that, and it's off. Because parents have authority over their kids. So it's important that we reach the parents too, right? That's when I discovered that 50% of children's ministry was adults, the parents. Some come because of social reasons. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's some good to that. Uh, I noticed that when we hang out for a long time out here or we hang out before church starts and all that, I real, I, I'm smart enough, okay, because I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. I'm smart enough to know that sometimes we linger and we're talking and we're doing these things because we don't have enough time together for that. We don't have small groups. We don't have these other things. And I could start small groups tonight, and some of you would say, well, I don't have time for that. And I understand that. I understand that. But we are going to be doing more things together. We have to do more things together beyond Sunday. That's why I've done a thing. I said, have, have coffee with pastor. It's not that I'm, you know, ooh, ooh, going to have. We get to have coffee with pastor, right? But I will buy your coffee or your tea, and I'm just making myself available because I want to spend time with you. And I know you can't get to me all the time because you know, people are pulling on me or what have you. It's, it's, just, it's just a small effort on my part to meet with you if you would like to meet. And this week, I'm going to be at the Starbucks at 169 and Berry Road, that new one over by the Target. The other place I picked last week, hey, they closed earlier than I had appointments. Should have researched that out a little bit more. Now, I haven't changed it yet on the app, but you can go into our app and you can schedule a time, all right? And if you schedule it before I get the, the, the shop changed, I'll let you know that I've moved it to 169 and Barry, all right, at the Starbucks. And you may not like Starbucks, but the good thing about Starbucks, they have other things besides coffee that people can drink that you will like. But I had a pistachio latte that was it was really good. So I had a couple appointments this last week, and I got one already set for this week. So, social reasons. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what you, anything you want to talk about. I don't, I don't care. You ask me stuff. I got some stuff to say that I'm not going to say from right here. I got some stuff. I'd love to share some things with you, all right? Because I'm going to tell you, we're in a time right now. Our world's in a time, and I want you, I want you guys to be ready for whatever may come, and I'd be happy to talk to you about some of that over coffee or a tea. And some come because they enjoy serving. And, you know, you look at that and you go, who does that? A lot of people do. As a matter of fact, some people, they build their relationships out of serving. The people they serve with is how they get connected. Some of the best friends I've had over the years were people that volunteered with me. Because, hey, I used to be a volunteer. I used to be a full-time volunteer children's pastor. I didn't, get, I didn't get paid a penny, and it was a large church, and we did multiple services. And I'm not bitter, because when they actually started paying me, they didn't pay me very much. I was a little bitter about that. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a little more scratch involved. These are all good reasons to go to church. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with all of those reasons, but our primary reason for coming to church should be because we want to meet with God collectively as well as individually. 
Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. You have to do something about it. You just can't show up and say, all right, do your best, worship team. Well, they didn't do it. All right, Randy. It's on you, man. Well, you got. Better be good. Better be something that relates to me. How about come and meet God? Come asking to meet God. I don't really know what that means, Pastor Randy. Come and ask him to show up in your life. Start here. He'll show up at home. He'll show up in your bedroom. He'll show up in your car going down the road if you ask him. Why don't you start here while we're all gathered in the name of Jesus and say, would you show up? I want to meet you because I know God's saying, meet with me. Meet with me. I'm here. I'm here. And he brings with him his glory. Exodus 25, 8 says, let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. He wants to dwell. The Bible says he inhabits the praise of his people. He lives in our praise. He is pleased. Do you realize that praise is going on right now in heaven? And it has not stopped. It's been going on forever, perhaps. But it's going on right now. And whenever we start, we're waiting. We had a countdown tonight. With five minutes, we're counting down, counting down to start. No, we were counting down to join in the praise that's already going on in heaven. We just added our little bit to it. And I guarantee there were angels singing with us. And sometimes I've heard them in this room. Heard them in the other building too. They came, they came across on some on recordings. And there was nobody singing that part. It was an angel. They're here. You, do you know angels are here right now? We have talked a lot about that. They're here. Don't be naive. They're here. You better be thankful to God that he's got an angel watching after you because he's kept you from running through that light even though it was green. Something stopped you from, from pressing forward. I went through a light, and it, was, it, was, it turned yellow when I went through it, so I was pr pretty okay just today. Pretty, pretty okay. I mean, it turned yellow while I'm in the middle of the intersection, and I got to the other side, and I looked behind me, and I watched the truck just go right through that red. And there were all kinds of cars already moving. It's like, oh, my gosh, I almost saw an accident. Exodus 25, 22 says, There I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony. This is all tabernacle language, okay? I will speak to you about all that I will give you in commandments for the sons of Israel. My whole point, this is Old Testament, my whole point is they didn't have the Holy Spirit's infilling like we have now. But even then, God was trying to say, I want to meet with you. Would you meet with me? Let's try this. Meet with me. And the people would say, yeah, we'll meet with you. Of course, they'd turn to the priest and go, but you got to do it. Even, even then. If God's glory was manifested in power under the old covenant, and it absolutely was, we can have the confidence that his glory will manifest under the new covenant, which we are in now. How do I know that? Acts 4.31. Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. That's glory. That's his manifest glory came on the scene. What were they doing? What would cause such a thing? When they had prayed, ladies and gentlemen, there is going to be an emphasis this year, more on prayer in this house. Prayer times, prayer moments, prayer meetings, okay? We must be praying. Because without prayer, without prayer, we're not even following the commandments of God. If we're not praying, we have an example of Jesus. 
praying. He had to get away from everybody because they didn't understand prayer so that he could pray. I've created a new group in our app that you can download on Google or Apple for your phone, your iPad. It's called the Church Center app. And you can go to the same thing just on your computer by going to lift.churchcenter.com. It might ask you to log in, but I want to encourage you to download this app. You'll have to tell it what your church is because many churches use it. You tell it what your church is, and there's some instructions there. I'll help you. You can call me. I can talk you right through it. Get it on your phone because in the app now, I created a group called Prayer, and you have to ask to join because what happens is if you'll join, then we'll have a forum, a room, a private room to say, I need prayer for this, or, oh, I see so-and-so needs a job, where you can top, jump on and pray for them. Tap it out with your little fingers, and it's not on Facebook. As a matter of fact, I'm going to close Dream Team. As soon as I can get you on there, uh, come in the future, I'm going to ask every person that calls us their house to get in that group because there's some massive prayer work that needs to be done. And God's calling us to do it, at least do our share of it. So it's called prayer. I invite you to go. I'm the only one in there right now. I prayed for myself. But it's, it's private. People can't see unless they're in that group, Okay. I don't fully know. And you can, you can talk to someone else. You can send a message to someone else that's in that group. So it's a, it's a pretty neat thing. I've seen it in, deployed in a fuller fashion, and I was inspired when I saw what they were doing with it. I said, that's it. I've been looking for something because I, I, don't, I don't like, I'll be honest, I don't like Facebook. A lot of you do. You can keep your Facebook if you want, but we're going to do our praying in the app, in our prayer thing. And that just tells me there's other things we can do with groups like that, you know, and, and keep, it, keep it simple. Today, we are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. We have been fashioned to be a place of his glory. Now, there's still something special about coming together in the corporate setting. I, I believe that. Look at Psalm 63, 2. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Psalm 26, 8 says, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. There is a corporate anointing that's here when we're here in the name of Jesus, when we're gathered in his name. You know, the New Testament says, don't forsake continuing to gather yourselves together all the more as the day of trouble comes. I want you to know, if you have a hard time hanging out with other people and, and you say, well, you know, I, they don't understand me. I don't understand them. I don't really know them. I'm, I'm a little bashful on that. You're going to have a hard time in heaven because it's full of people. <laughs> God wants to meet with us. When we gather in the name of Jesus, God wants to show his glory in this place. God wants to manifest his power and demonstrate his love for us on a level we have not seen yet. And I say, yes, Lord. I say more, Lord, more. Let's go into the New Testament. Talked a lot about Old Testament scriptures about this. How about Acts 10, verses 44 through 46? While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who were listening to the message. All the, all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they were hearing them speak with tongues and exalting God. Do you remember this story? Cornelius was not... He was not a believer, but he believed in God, but he wasn't a, a Jewish man. Yeah. But he was a godly man, and God recognized his heart. 
and recognize his generosity, his alms, his gifts and things. And, uh, and God laid on his heart, hey, there's more for you, Cornelius. There's more for you. At the same time, Peter was at another place praying, and he had a vision. He had a vision, and God showed him a, a, a tablecloth over a table. And on that tablecloth were all these gross animals that they deemed as unclean, crawling around, crawling around uh, in this vision on this table. Sounds like a, a Star Wars plot, doesn't it? They have, there's times where they play like a chess game, but it's little monsters and they're walking around and stuff. But he's seeing all this, and God says, take up and eat. He's like, Lord, I would never eat these things. These are the unclean thing. These are the things you said are unclean. You know what God said. Don't call unclean what I'm calling clean, what I'm making clean. And then he said, I want you to go. I want you to go. There's someone's going to come, and I want you to go. And sure enough, here come the knock on the door. We've been sent by Cornelius to come. And wasn't it Cornelius' house that said, he wasn't in Cornelius' house. It was Cornelius, right? And so, and they said, would you come? So he knew, oh, this is it. This is what that was all about. And then he gets there, and it's a bunch of Gentiles whom they saw as unclean. And as he began to preach, Holy Spirit fell. They didn't say, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? No. He was preaching the gospel. He was preaching Jesus. And Jesus came. The manifest glory of God fell in the room, and people got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they're praying in tongues. It just went crazy. And so what did he do? He said, get the water. What for? Well, we're going to baptize them. How can we not baptize them in water if they've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit? God was saying, meet with me. Meet. Go over here. They want to meet with me. They don't know it yet, but they do. See, here's what happens. The glory is manifested when there is a purpose for the glory. When there's a purpose. There was a desire to experience God's glory. Do you have a desire to experience God's glory? I'm, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, increase my desire. Increase my, you don't have to increase my faith because you've given me the, all a measure of faith. I'm asking you to increase my desire to use that faith for more glory. There was faith to seek God for the anointing. They didn't even know what the anointing was. But they had faith. This man comes and their faith was, whoo, who's this guy? Listen to what he's saying. Listen to his words. God's glory was manifested in a powerful way. And what was the result? Lives were changed. God wants to meet people's needs. And one of the things they need is the glory of God in their lives. Who will meet with him? Who will meet with him? He's crying out, meet with me. Who will meet with the almighty glory of God that you might be filled with his glory, that you might manifest his glory to those around you? He knows that we need him. He knows that. He noticed Cornelius, his giving and his prayers. When the glory is manifested, people hear the voice of God clearly. It's not your wonderful speech, how eloquent you are, how well you enunciate. And you know what? I mess up words all the time because I have a very thick Oklahoma accent. And my family and you guys, don't let me forget that I said this instead of that. I said pinch instead of pinch or whatever. <laughs> I did a whole sermon at Christmas one time at Lyft about the Magi. Christmas, the Magi. Remember the Magi? Do you know the Magi? Well, I don't know how you could know them because that's what I, what I was saying. I was saying Magi. Magi. The Magi came. And I said it with such confidence that people thought, oh, my gosh, I've been, I've been saying that wrong for all this time. It's the Magi. Until Pastor Chris came up to me after service and he said, that was a magical sermon. 
Then I realized I perhaps mispronounced that. <laughs> now I read it on myself, and you won't let me forget, right? People are healed when the glory is manifested. People's hearts are mended. You know he still mends broken hearts. I'll tell you what, such a sad thing, Noel and Mickey with their son passing away after a month-long illness. A month. Got sick and then passed away. He's only 42. That's where we were at today at that funeral. It's so sad. I didn't get to stay to hear Noel's message, but I heard it was wonderful. Someone texted me and said it was just incredible. Hopefully it's online. So sad. They need their hearts mended because they're broken at the loss of their son. Father, we pray for Noel and Mickey and his family and for Brooke, uh, this now widow, and her kids, God, and the sisters and, and the whole family. I thank you for the tremendous turnout that they had of those that love them and are there to say, We're, we got you, we're with you. But I pray, God, because that all ended. That came to an end, and they had to go home. And they're at home now, and they're having to deal with the situation as some of you are also dealing with the loss of your loved one. And I pray for them, God. I pray for their hearts to be mended. I pray, Lord, that as they lean into your blessed hope, because we don't grieve as those who have no hope. They have, we have a blessed hope because this is a mist. And someday, this is going to be just such a small part of eternity. And I just pray, God, that you would help them. Help us to love them well. In Jesus' name. And, and the last thing is people feel conviction. They feel conviction for repentance. See, when you get around the anointing and the manifest glory of God, God will take care of that. He hasn't made you the judge or the convictor. God will. You know, people don't need to be told how bad they are. They already know. They need to be told how good God is. I heard a really cool thing about good in Genesis in the beginning of creation. I'm not going to tell you tonight. I can't wait to tell you, though. It was, it was so good. It was good. <laughs> it's really good. According to his glory, according to his glory, you know this one, Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in what? Glory in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus' glory. We need his glory. We need his manifest glory in our lives. We need, we need it in our church. We need to hear. I believe it is here right now. I believe you can sense that. Faith makes a pull on the anointing of God. Faith makes a pull. I have been to places before as a speaker uh, even kids' camps. We did a kids' camp up at Estes Park one time for a church out of Loveland, Colorado. And we had all this stuff worked up that we were going to do. Took our whole family, took our puppets, we took, all, we took a stage and sound and all that stuff. We had everything ready. We were going to rock them kids. It was going to be good. We knew what we were doing. And you never know when you got a group of kids that don't know who you are. You don't, you know, you know. But we, we had planned to... to have a knockout time. And we got up, led a few worship songs, and the power of God fell, and we didn't do a single puppet. We picked up kids and had to carry them back to their bunks. Some of them were laying in and out like that for all night long, and an adult would stay by them just in case they woke up and were afraid and didn't know where they were. I looked at Kelly and said, let's pack up the puppets. We're not going to need them. You know why? Because they came from a house where they had been taught how to draw on the anointing. They had responsibility. You have responsibility to draw on me. I've been to other places where no, no draw. And I'm just, I'm, Spitting in the wind. Because they're, they're not drawing. They're not, they're not interested. Don't be that. 
come, come. It's not selfish. I want you to come expecting I'm going to draw on the anointing that's on Pastor Randy. I'm going to draw on the anointing that's on the worship team. I'm going to draw on the anointing of that person sitting next to me. I'm going to draw it out. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Jesus perceived that the power went out from him. She made a pull on God by faith. Isn't that cool? Cornelius, in our story today from Acts 10, he made a pull seeking a Jew for the Holy Spirit. Huh. It was a new thing. He didn't know what he was getting into, did he? Faith is a dependency, a humbled, surrendered heart. If a person is holding on to an opinion or an offense or a selfish desire, then they will hinder what God could do for them. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You need to draw near to God. As he cries out, meet with me. I want to show you my glory. If you pull on the anointing, God will show up. If you pull on the anointing, God will show up. Don't wait for other people to bring it to you. Don't wait on the music to be a certain style for you. Don't rely on your leader to do it all for you. You seek God and his glory, and you will receive it. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Here's another thing. If you want to know God's glory, serve others. You need his glory to serve the way he wants you to serve. Some of the greatest things I have done in ministry have come from giving of myself, of my family, of my faith to others who have no possible way of returning it back to me. And that's when the glory really moves because that's when you have to have God. Amen? See, the glory is not just for us. We have this glory in earthen vessels, the Bible says, to serve others. Peter knew the glory. The apostles knew the glory. They looked for a need, and they just trusted God to meet it. When did we stop looking? When did we convince ourselves that we can't meet it anyway? That's okay, because that's the truth. But whenever you stop pulling on God to help you meet whatever need you run into, it's just on you. You want to experience the glory of God? Serve. Serve others. They looked for a need, and they just trusted God. That's where the glory shows up. Anointing to teach, yeah. Anointing to preach, uh-huh. Anointing to heal. Anointing to deliver, absolutely. There's also an anointing to provide resources for ministry. Some people are anointed to make money to fund things that God's wanting to do. And there ain't nothing wrong with that because the Bible says the wealth of the wicked are laid up for the righteous. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. There's a reason why we're an earthen vessel. Because we'll so quickly take credit. You know why you shouldn't take credit for every failure that comes your way? 
And, and you, it, you may have been the responsible one. But you know why you don't take credit for that? Because if you're not careful, you'll take credit for every success. And if not, but for God, you'd be a much bigger mess than you are right now. <laughs> and God's saying, meet with me, meet with me. Live to bring God glory. Cornelius was changed. When God's anointing changes a life, God is glorified or made known. God wants to be glorified, not for his ego, but to express himself, to express himself for who he is and to reach the world with his love. He wants glory so he can express himself through you and through me. John 15, 8 says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Is, is it God bearing fruit? No, it's you. It's you. Well, I have the fruit of the Spirit. No, that's, that's the Holy Spirit's fruit. You get to use his fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. And it starts with drawing on his glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with unveiled face, continually, this is the Amplified, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's a progressive thing. There can be varying degrees of God's anointing. I'm telling you, the anointing could be so strong right here and right over there, there's, there's nothing. And is God here and over there? Absolutely. we got to draw on it. We do. It's our job. We're the catalyst. There's a, a, uh, in, in electrical engineering and stuff, there's a thing where they've got you know, a, a thing here, and a power here, and a power here, and they can put this liquid, and boom, there's a circuit. We're the circuit. Amen. We're the connection. Here's my conclusion. People want to know the glory of God. They just might not know it yet. We were made to know God in his glory. Isaiah 43, 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory. I didn't give you the whole context there, but it's in the word. Romans 9, 23, And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of what? Mercy. Are you a vessel of mercy? Have you received mercy? And you need to be a vessel of mercy who extends mercy. That's a glorious thing to do, which he prepared beforehand for what? Glory. Glory, glory. No, that didn't fit. His troops do go marching on, though, and that's you and me. But we fell short of knowing his glory, didn't we? As we know in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Don't let the sin that you've been forgiven of continue to make you fall short of the glory of God. When I get right, I'm going to bring glory to God. No, you bring glory to God right now. You don't get all cleaned up to take a bath, do you? Come on. Come on. Ask Jesus into your heart if you haven't done that. You're never going to be good enough. And let him bring his glory on the scene. Let him bring the change that you need. Let him fill the spot you're so desperately trying to, to find some comfort from because you're lonely or because you're dysfunctional or your home life is terrible or whatever it is. Let him come in and bring his glory into your life and watch him use you to turn things around. Christ came to return us to God's glory. Colossians 1, 27. 
to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you don't have Christ in you, ask him to come in your heart today. If you're watching online, ask him to come into your heart today. That's your hope of glory is Christ in you. It's so simple. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I need you in my heart. I can't do this. I keep messing up. I need your forgiveness. You know what he'll do? Okay. I'm here. I see you now as clean. I know, but I did that thing. Clean. Your mom says, you're always whatever. In Jesus' name, clean. You're clean. How am I going to... How am I going to not do those things? Glory, anointing, his manifest presence in your life. That's how you get past speed bumps. I didn't say it's easy. And it may not be overnight. You didn't get there overnight. What makes you think you're going to get out of it overnight? But Christ in you, that's your hope of glory. The last scripture I'm going to read. It's about the Jews and Jesus' second coming, actually. However, it shows us that the glory of God is what many people want and they need. When God's glory is manifested in our lives and in our church, people are drawn to it. Are you ready? Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. That's where we're at today, folks. Arise, shine. The Lord's saying, arise, shine, for your light has come. Here's your action steps for this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak next week on meet with me, but I'm going to take a different angle. Here's your action steps. Are you ready? They're simple. They're easy. But I'm really asking you to pray about taking these steps. Number one, as Christians, we should pursue the glory of God so that people around us will be drawn to him. Not to us, but to him. So I'm asking you this week, pursue the glory of God. Chase after it. Ask him, show me your glory. Ask him, fill me with your glory. Ask him, I need your glory. Pursue him. You don't have to get all weird. You don't have to be, you know, be with an unbeliever and say, oh, just a second. Lord, we need your glory right now. Come on, be real. But glory is real. You have not because you ask not, the Bible says. Pursue the glory of God so that people around us will be drawn to him. When people are drawn to him because of the glory, the salvation part's easy. You don't have to convince them of anything. They know something's happening here. The second thing, as a church, we should pursue the glory of God so that when people come into this gathering, their needs are met in the presence of God. I don't know what everyone's dealing with when they come in here, but if you'll pursue the glory of God with me, when we come to this house, when we come together and we, we gather in Jesus' name, the glory of God can change circumstances that we don't know anything about. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your glory, for the anointing. I thank you, God, that this is a house full of people that want your glory.
They're, they're pursuing your glory. They want to see more, and they want to do more, and they want to be more, but not in themselves, but in you. So, Father, here we are. We want to meet with you. We want the glory of God in our lives, in our work, in our families, in our church. We thank you that you hear our prayer, and we're going to get what we're praying for. In Jesus' name, amen.